0: What's up, guys? It's Allie, the host of CRTV's Relatable. So if you are watching this on CRTV.com slash Allie, which everyone should be, by the way, um, you can see that I'm in a little bit different setting. I am not at home. I'm not in my studio. I am at a hotel in Washington, D.C. I am here on business. Uh, I spoke to conservative members of Congress this morning about engaging with millennials um, and how to really do that. And uh, tomorrow actually today today i'm okay i'm okay okay you caught me i'm recording this on wednesday i'm recording this on wednesday what i meant but as you are listening to this it will be today This morning, it will have been in the past, but right now I'm talking in the future. Does that make any sense? I'm not sure. On Thursday morning, uh, I am speaking to slash spoke at a Kavanaugh rally for uh, Concerned Women for America. Um, And if you haven't heard, there have been even more allegations that uh, have come out against Kavanaugh, some of them leveled by uh, Michael Avenatti's uh, client, and then another one in an article uh, by Ronan Farrow and The New Yorker. All of these claims are uncorroborated. There haven't been any witnesses to these claims. Uh, there also seems to be uh, a misunderstanding of what corroborated actually means. There are people on the left who are saying that uh, Dr. Ford, for example, her claims are corroborated by her therapist, by her husband, by other people whom she told this story to. But her claims have not been corroborated. What has been corroborated is that she made these claims. And apparently she did make these claims before 2008. 2018. um, But that doesn't prove that they happened. Corroboration means that someone was there that they can say, yeah, this actually did happen. I was a witness or I heard directly about this, or even someone that could say, hey, this sounds a lot like something Kavanaugh would do. Um, I know we've talked about this a lot lately. Um, and maybe it seems like we're beating a dead horse, but I'm just kind of giving you a feeling of what's actually been talked about in the news, almost incessantly. There's been other stuff happening, but this Kavanaugh stuff has been uh, really, totally, completely dominating uh, the news cycle, and for good reason. I mean, this is a Supreme Court nomination. This is a this is a very big deal. Um, as I've said before, this is all a political tactic by Democrats. They want to delay the vote past the midterms. They think that there's a chance that they could take the Senate. If they take the Senate, then they obviously would not confirm Trump's nominee. Um, and they could, I guess, keep uh, pushing and pushing this off maybe past 2020. And then uh, whoever became president in 2020, of course, they wanted to be a Democrat could nominate the Supreme Court uh, justice of their choice, um, which would be a liberal activist. They're really not concerned with Ford. They're not concerned with these, uh, really with these allegations or these alleged victims. They're not even really that concerned about Kavanaugh. They are concerned with winning. They are concerned with the midterms. They are concerned with painting Republicans um, as evil bigots who side with sexual abusers. Uh, now, as I've also said, we don't know absolutely for sure whether or not these things happened. We don't. I mean, we weren't there. The only people that know whether they happened or not is apparently uh, Brett Kavanaugh and um these women who are accusing him of sexual assault. I mean, this latest lady accused him of gang rape, of gang rape. What? I mean, that's a very serious allegation. Obviously, if that was true, I think that he should be disqualified for the Supreme Court. But still, even after multiple allegations now, uh, which is how the left does. They just pile up these allegations so they can turn it into a story and a narrative and paint a picture for everyone and get us to the point to where we can't push back on it. Um, Even after all of this, it's very hard for me to believe. It's very hard for me to believe that this is a, uh, a gang raping sexual assaulter um, who is now about to be confirmed to the Supreme Court, who has also passed six FBI background checks, has been living in the swamp and involved in D.C. uh, for the past three decades, was involved in the investigation into uh, Bill Clinton, also has multiple people, dozens of people on both sides of the aisle saying that this is uh, a guy who is above reproach, who is of integrity. It's just very hard for me to believe that a guy who is gang raping in the 80s, um, has had such a reputable career so far, um, or for the past three and a half decades. It's just, that's very difficult for me to believe, because as I've said before, that would make him a sociopath. Uh, (laughs) And that is hard to believe, considering how long he has been in this industry and been in this business, and how many background checks he has had. So Again, I just think the allegations are ridiculous. Do I know for sure that they didn't happen? No, absolutely no one knows for sure, except for the accusers and Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh has repeatedly denied this. He has gone on Martha McCallum, as you guys heard when I was talking to Graham Allen, and has said, uh, I was a virgin all through college and many years thereafter. Um, I highly doubt he would offer up that kind of information if he had really been a gang rapist. Um, I, I I just don't know by the other stories i just don't and i'm not saying that i'm not biased i'm not saying that i'm not partisan at all i'm really trying to see this though through objective eyes uh, as i've said before i don't want to live in a world in which people can just make up allegations and ruin someone's life i would like to believe for it i would like to believe ramirez i would like to believe these new allegations simply because i don't want to believe that someone can make up accusations and ruin someone's life and livelihood however in this hyper-partisan time um it's it's not far-fetched. It's not far-fetched to believe that this is just a scheme by the left to try to uh, take down Kavanaugh. I mean, why wouldn't they? They have proven that nothing is beneath them. I was on Fox and Friends yesterday morning talking about the same thing, about how leftists have been so uh, ruthless against Ashley Kavanaugh, who, of course, was with Judge Kavanaugh in his Fox News interview with Martha McCallum and how she couldn't possibly know anything about her husband because she didn't know him at the time of these allegations. But these random women on the Internet, these random celebrities who don't know anyone involved, apparently their opinion counts. So is it believe all women or not? oh, no, no, no. It's it's just believe the women who actually advance the leftist agenda. Anyone who doesn't advance the leftist agenda, well, they need to be shut down. So all of Bill Clinton's very credible accusers, by the way, there's been many, many of them, and he has admitted to sexual uh, sexual deviance at the very least over his life. What about Keith Ellison's accuser, uh, Karen Monaghan, I think her name is, who actually has pictures of herself, um, hit, uh, or with like a bruised eye and uh, messages uh, from him uh, emotionally abusing her and corroboration from her kids. That's corroboration. Who said that they, uh, I think, saw and experienced this stuff. The left doesn't talk about those allegations, only about these uncorroborated allegations. No, I mean, really, give me a break. But anyway, I just wanted to kind of give you an update on that. Uh, That's all the information that I have right now on Wednesday as I'm recording this. That's not what we're talking about today, though. Um, I want to get to the thing that I told you guys that I was going to talk to you about, and that is Jen Hatmaker's post. So for those of you who don't know, I am not a Jen Hatmaker fan. Am I condemning her to hell? No, I don't have the power to do that. Um, Do I hate her? No, uh, I do not hate her. We're not supposed to hate anyone. Do I think that she's a false teacher? Teacher. I absolutely do. Uh, she preaches things that are unbiblical on a quite frequent basis. Um, and I uh, think that she is very dangerously leading people astray with this idea of Christianity without Christ, of the Bible without uh, biblical truth. Uh, she is a culturally convenient Christian, aka not a well, I I don't want to say I almost said not a Christian at all. A culturally convenient Christian isn't actually a Christian. I'm not going to judge the state of her heart and say the state of her uh, ultimate salvation. I hope that that's that that's not the case. I hope she repents from these false teachings that she is promulgating. Um, however, what she is. Showing and exemplifying right now is not Christianity. It's picking and choosing parts of the Bible that are convenient, that are easy, that are soft, that allow you to be popular in the world's eyes while still feeling righteous because uh, you call on the name of Jesus. So, she recently had a, um, she recently had an Instagram post that uh, I think one of you on Instagram you messaged me about it and you were like, please respond to this. So. I saw it, um, and here's what the Instagram post said. As a leader and author, pastor, and teacher, let me just be positively clear where I stand on a few things. In the most outrageous twilight zone ever, these issues have now become, quote, partisan. But to me, these are purely a matter of my faith, which compels me. Okay, girl. Okay. Okay. Uh, I will always champion a working faith ethic that believes women condemns the pervasive patriarchal power structures that keep women silenced, underpaid, underrepresented, exploited, denigrated, shamed, and abused. Names, repents from, resists, and actively fights white supremacy in all its forms, structures, systems, language, and evil practices. Actively resists children being held in detainment apart from their parents at the border as a wicked, punitive, unconscionable political strategy. Refuses to accept the dehumanization of immigrants, refugees, Muslims, Mexicans, and brown and black bodies everywhere. Affirms the LGBT community defends their rights and cherishes their humanity. Believes we have a better story to write together than the divided contentious, fear-based example we see in culture right now we can do better we are better than this (sighs) the thing is this is the only way i understand the gospel i cannot come to any other conclusion than this laid out for us by jesus okay uh anything other than a radically inclusive faith that honors the dignity of every person makes no sense to me Okay. Uh, I can't find any other road through my faith than one that condemns patriarchy. Wow. Misogyny, sexism, racism, homophobia, ableism, abuse, and white supremacy. Nothing else makes sense, she says in all caps. This is who Jesus is and what he came to do. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I can't say it any plainer. He came to loose the chains of injustice and set the captives free. Full stop. I hate when people say full stop. I hate it. No, not full stop. Like, there are arguments to what you said. Okay. I'm not done yet. Um, So, that is where you will always find me, good readers. During every administration, throughout every moment, in every church setting, in all my work, five years from now, 10 years from now, until I'm dead. Happy Monday, sisters. Let's get after it. Like, Give me, oh gosh! Give me a break! Give me a break! Okay, let's let's start at the top. Okay, uh, so she says, as a leader in mother pastor. Pastor and teacher. So I already have a hard time with this. I'm not sure what she means by pastor. uh, If she means from uh, the pulpit on a Sunday morning, teaching men and women that is unbiblical. Okay. The Bible says very clearly that women are not to teach men and women in a uh, church setting. Now I have gotten people saying, well, why do you talk about the Bible on your podcast if men listen to this? This is not a pulpit. And like I've said before, if you can't tell the difference between a podcast and a pulpit, you need to be listening to something more elementary. I recommend Sesame Street. So Jen Hatmaker says that she's a pastor. I'm not really sure what she means by that. If she means a shepherd of people, of, of women and children, then that's perfectly fine. Maybe I'm reading too far into it. Pastor, a little bit of a stretch to me. Okay. Um, and teacher, let me just be positively clear where I stand on a few things. In the most outrageous twilight zone ever, these issues have now become Partisan. Partisan. Everything she lists from here on out is is uh is partisan language. I won't say it's all partisan because some of the stuff I agree with. Sure, I agree. I'll get to that uh, to the parts I agree. But it, yes, you are using partisan political language and saying this is not partisan. This is not political. This is the gospel. No, girl. No. I mean, I am a Christian and a conservative, but I am not going to say it is the gospel. To follow the first or the First Amendment, I'm not going to say, "Oh, it is the gospel to believe in free speech in the Second Amendment." No, I I definitely believe those things because they're buttressed, in my opinion, by a biblical, theological, and logical truth. But I am not going to say that these are a uh, gospel issues and why Jesus came to die. Like I'm not going to say, "Okay, here so so here is my working faith ethic that is totally not partisan." So guys, smaller government and deregulation and lower taxes are what I stand for. And I'm sorry, but this is why Jesus came to die. No, do I believe those things? Do I believe those things are based in a biblical truth? Yes, but I am not going to say that they're a gospel issue and to say that they're not partisan. They are partisan. Um, So she's lying right off the bat. No, these aren't partisan. This is just true. And see, this is part of the problem with the left is that they view their views as strictly moral, as strictly right and righteous and good. And there is no argument against them. Full stop in her words. There's no argument against them. They are just right. They're they're just right. It's not partisan. It's not partisan to believe these things. No, it's just right and good. That is exactly why they condemn anyone who doesn't agree with them as a bad person. Because they believe that uh, everything that they, uh, that they believe is absolutely right. And there is no arguing. It's just a moral, religious, gospel issue. Um, okay. Have now become partisan to me. These are purely a matter of my faith, which compels me. All right. Um, I will always champion a working faith ethic that A believes woman. Okay, Jen. Why? 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 What, what, what part of the Christian faith compels you to believe women, all women? Do you want to talk about the women in the Bible who lied? Okay. Let's talk about Eve. Really wish Adam hadn't believed Eve. Now we can get into predestination, all of that stuff. Of course, everything is under God's sovereign will, but we're talking about people who sinned here, who led to bad things, who led to destruction and dismay. So, Eve, that wasn't that great. Delilah, not great. Jezebel, not great. Uh, Let's see, Sapphira, not great. Uh, All of these women who lied, who uh, paid consequences for their lies, by the way. Um, I don't think that we need to be believing all women. God doesn't believe all women and God condemns women and men who lie. Okay. Um, There is no reason for me to believe a woman because she is a woman. As I've said, I think that is unjust. That is wrong. If you believe as a Christian that we are equal in God's sight, which we should, we are both made in the image of God and have equal dignity in the eyes of God. If you truly believe in that equality, why demean men by not believing them and only believing women because they are women? That's condescending. That's patronizing, and that's the stupid conundrum that so many feminists find themselves in. That we are simultaneously the strong, empowered women that women don't that don't need no man, but also we are helpless victims of the patriarchy who have to be believed at all times. No, I don't buy that. I don't think that's part of the Christian faith at all. It's certainly not part of the gospel. I do not need to believe women just because they're women. I believe the truth as God believes the truth, as he is the truth. He is incongruent with anything that is not true. He does not believe women just because they are women. He would have spared Sapphira if that was the case when she lied. No, we're not supposed to believe women. That's not biblical. Find me me that in the Bible. By the way, I don't see any any scripture in here. Uh, So believes women got that out of the way, out of the way Uh, to condemns the pervasive patriarchal power structures that keep women silenced, underpaid, underrepresented, exploited, denigrated, shamed, and abused. Mm, Okay. 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 Yes. Yes. I believe I don't want women to be silenced. I don't want them to be underpaid. I don't want them to be underrepresented, I guess. I don't want them to be exploited or denigrated or shamed or abused. Of course not. Neither does God. So I would agree with that. But you believe that it is the patriarchy that is doing that. And we know that that's not the case. It's sin that's doing that. And yes, systemic injustice does exist. It is not perpetuated by the patriarchy. That is, again, um, an instance of blaming men. Uh, By the way, the Bible does support the patriarchy. Yikes. It does. I know I've talked about on this podcast before complementarianism, and I do believe in complementarianism, but yes, the Bible does support patriarchy. The man is the head of the family. Um, Now, I'm not saying that it has to be true um, in every sector of society. I think it's awesome when women lead. I think it's awesome when they're CEOs. I think it's awesome when they um, are involved in civic life. I think that's wonderful. Obviously, I'm a very outspoken uh, woman myself. However, it's not correct to say that uh, proper patriarchal structures in which a man is caring for, for a woman um, is unbiblical, because it's not unbiblical. And to say that that is to blame uh, for all of the denigration and demeaning and abuse of women is simply wrong. It is sin. It is sin who does that. Um, it is not the patriarchy. Read up, girl. Uh, names, repents from, resists, and actively fights white supremacy in all of its forms, structures, systems, uh, language, and evil practices. Yes. Yes. I I agree with that. White supremacy is wrong. There is no room for white supremacy in the kingdom of God. Um, Black supremacy is wrong. Asian supremacy is wrong. Any kind of supremacy, anything that demeans someone for their immutable characteristics or elevates someone for their immutable characteristics, um, I would say is wrong. And God doesn't see us like that. We are neither slave nor free nor Jew nor Greek nor male nor female in the eyes of God in the body of Christ. So I agree with you, Jen, that we should uh, reject white supremacy, but I would go a step further and say that I reject racism of all kinds coming from anyone, not just white people. By the way, I mean, look at South Africa. Uh, do you reject what's going on there? That ain't white supremacy. Any kind of racism leads to violence and destruction and it's wrong. It should be condemned. So I agree with you. White supremacy is wrong. Uh, So are other forms of racism. So let's not forget that. Jennifer Um, actively resists children being held in detainment apart from their parents at the border as a wicked punitive, unconscionable political strategy okay okay yes part i do not like it that kids are separated from their parents at the border i think that that is uh very sad let's talk about though why that happens um It is not simply because the government is separating kids from their parents. It is because a lot of these kids are being trafficked by people that are not their parents. And if you supported the wall, if you supported a secure border, all of this could end tomorrow. Um, But. You don't. You and a lot of other people like you support basically open borders, Uh, and that's not going to help the problem at all. The border is very dangerous. If we secured it, these things wouldn't happen. Now, I don't like the idea of separating children as a political strategy. I think that's wrong and that is sad, but there is still responsibility on the people who, uh, who carry these kids illegally over the border. Why would you bring them um, into harm's way? A lot of them are doing it for ulterior motives. A lot of these kids are trafficked. So we're not going to blame this uh, so-called punitive political strategy for the entirety of the separation that's happening at the border. And I just don't remember you talking about this when it was happening under Obama because it was happening under Obama. So did you have that complaint then? And hey, if you didn't know about it, you didn't know about it. Maybe that's not your fault. But I've only seen you pipe up about this kind of stuff uh, since Trump has been in office. So just want to kind of maybe clear that one up. Um, Refuses to accept the dehumanization of immigrants, refugees, Muslims, Mexicans and brown and black bodies everywhere. Uh, Who's doing that? Uh, Who's who's dehumanizing immigrants? I, I don't know a single person who dehumanizes immigrants and Muslims and Mexicans and brown and black bodies. Now, sure, there are, are racists out there. Sure. I. But again, I didn't hear you talk about this stuff when Obama was president and uh, racism was happening uh, actually pervasively from uh, <laughs> a few different directions. Um, We got more divided under Obama's presidency. You can look this up. Polarization in politics, Pew Research. We got more divided under uh, Obama than we had ever before. Um, Racially, uh, on economic issues, on moral issues, on political issues. We got divided under him. Why? Because of identity politics. But I didn't hear you calling that out. And do you reject identity politics? Because we have identity politics to blame for white supremacy and racism and any kind of dehumanization of any race that's happening. I haven't seen you list identity politics and this idea anyway, that there is dehumanization of black and brown people on a systemic level in America is wrong. It's wrong. Do you also reject the dehumanization of men that's happening on a large scale in this country because of feminism? Huh. It's interesting. It's interesting how you pick and choose the issues that you care about, but Don't worry, guys. It's not partisan. It's just gospel. Okay. Um, Affirms the LGBTQ community, defends their rights and cherishes their humanity. Okay. Depends on what you mean by affirm. If you mean that you affirm that they are people made in God's image that we need to love and welcome and be hospitable to and try to lead to Christ, Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Um, Defend their rights. Yes, they should have human rights just like everyone else. They are human beings. Um, Cherish their humanity. Absolutely. I don't know anyone that doesn't do those uh, three things. If you're talking about just in the human sense and and loving uh, our fellow man, sure. But uh, you affirm gay marriage. And you affirm the validity and the holiness of gay marriage. And that is decidedly unbiblical. Um, The Bible is very clear about homosexuality. I know that's uncomfortable. I wish the Bible wasn't clear about homosexuality. It would be a lot easier. It would be a lot easier for us to all just kind of ignore that part. Um, But if you have read Jen Hatmaker, Rosaria Butterfield's uh, response to your affirmation of the LGBT community, a woman who was a lesbian for 20 plus years and had uh, the same partner for almost as long and who became a Christian and completely changed her life and um, how sad and how scary your affirmation of the LGBT community was to her, I think that you might change your outlook. You should also look into Christopher Yuan, who had a similar uh, repentance experience, Jackie Hill Perry, gay girl, good God. Um, they all experienced the love of Christ first. They repented from unbelief first, but then God graciously led them into repentance and sanctification. And if that is the direction, if that is not the direction that someone as a Christian uh, teacher is leading someone, they are wrong. They are wrong. It is not loving to lie to someone. It is not loving to affirm something that God says is not what he intends. Um, we are to love our transgender brothers and sisters, our gay brothers and sisters, we are to affirm their humanity. We are to cherish them as individuals that God loves and wants to save, but to not point them towards uh, belief in Christ first, um, and then also through the power of the Holy Spirit to repentance, to sanctification, then that is not love. That's not love. That's laziness. So not really sure what you mean by that, girly girl. Uh, believes we have a better story to write together than the divided, contentious, fear-based example we see in culture right now. We can do better. We are better than this. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Fear-based. Who are you talking about? Are you talking about Trump? Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Right. Uh, Fear-based. That is exactly what the left does on a daily basis. And so did Obama. That's the only thing that he ever did. Fear tactics. I just didn't hear you talk about that then. Um, She says, the thing is, this is the only way I understand the gospel. (laughs) What gospel are you reading? Uh, These are the, no, no. No, this, this is not the God. Do you know what the gospel is? Do you know what the gospel is? I might need to share the gospel with Jen Hatmaker. The gospel is that Jesus Christ, God made flesh, came down from his heavenly throne to live a life. He did not have to live and die a death that he did not have to die to pay the punishment for our sins. Now, Jen, he did not have to do that. If sin doesn't matter, if all that matters is that we affirm your uh, partisan opinions, Jesus did not have to die the gruesome death that he died. And he didn't have to rise again three days later to defeat sin and death on our behalf. He didn't have to do that. He could have just said, you know what? Just do what you want to do. I'll love everyone in the end. Just, Just love people. Just be unconditionally tolerant and inclusive. That's all you have to do. Do you honestly think Jesus died for that? Do you think that's why he bled? That's why he was beaten. That's why he died a brutal death on the cross, just so we could be nice to each other. No, he died because of sin and because of the brutality and the intensity and the seriousness of sin. And any gospel that you list without repentance is not the gospel. And nothing in here did you talk about repentance or salvation or the necessity of Jesus. This is a Christless Christianity, and you say it's not partisan. All you did was list political points. You didn't. You didn't talk about the necessity of Jesus Christ once. What is the gospel without Christ? Without the salvation of Christ? Christ did not come just to uh, give us a good example of how to be nice to people. No, he took sin very seriously, and he died because of it. Your version of redemption is cheap. Your version of grace is flimsy, and. I am scared for the women who follow you because you're charming. I don't want Christianity without Christ. I don't want a Christianity that is just convenient for me. Now, look, I don't want to go through pain and persecution. I wish I didn't have to have unpopular, contradictory beliefs to the culture. I wish that I could just go along to get along, that I could be along with the mainstream and not have to talk about uncomfortable things like marriage and like gender and like sin and repentance and salvation and the exclusivity of the gospel. But I do that because that is the gospel. That is what we are compelled to do. Jesus said, you have to hate your father and mother. You have to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. What cross am I taking up if I look exactly like the rest of the world and sound exactly like the rest of the world? Now, I'm not saying that everything Jen Hatmaker believes is wrong. There is, I'm sure that she is well-intended. I'm sure that she loves people very well and that maybe she's a wonderfully hospitable person. And I think those are great qualities that all Christians should have that I could get better at. But this idea that it is the gospel to buy in to leftist partisan talking points is a false doctrine and that we have to affirm sin in order to be loving and kind and compassionate and to be like, Jesus is wrong. It's wrong. And it leads people astray. She's not done though. Anything other than a radically inclusive faith That honors the dignity of every person makes no sense to me. Okay. Oh, well, no, I skipped something. I skipped something. Um, She said, this is the only way I understand the gospel. Uh, I cannot come to any other conclusion than this path laid out for us by Jesus. Uh, No, this wasn't laid out by Jesus. What you just listed is not laid out by Jesus. You made it up. Now, some of the stuff... Like empathy for immigrants, empathy for people who don't look like us. Yes, that is Christ-like. But what you are implying is that we have to be liberals in order to be Christ-like. And that is not true. Anything other than a radically inclusive faith that honors the dignity of every person makes no sense to me. Okay. Radically inclusive. Radically inclusive in that anyone can come to Christ. This is true. Or let me say, Christ can choose anyone, regardless of their station, regardless of their sin, regardless of their background. That is absolutely true. It is radically inclusive in that way. And that there is no way to get to God, but that God came down to us through Christ. That is true. But it is radically exclusive in the sense that Jesus says, I am the only way, the only truth, the only life that no one, not a single person comes to the father except through me that's pretty exclusive. So maybe she means inclusive, um, in the way that anyone can come to Christ and be saved by Christ. Yes. But she does not mention salvation once in her outline of the so-called gospel. Okay. She says, makes no sense to me. Um, that honors the dignity of every person. Yes. Makes no sense to me. Well, Jen, I, I don't really care what makes sense to you and no one else should either. Makes no sense to you. There's a lot of things in the Bible that don't make sense to me. That means that I just don't get it. (laughs) It doesn't mean that the Bible is wrong. See, here's the problem with Jen Hatmaker and people like her. She uh, conforms the Bible to what she thinks. And if something doesn't make sense to her or something doesn't feel good to her, then the Bible is wrong, not her. That's the wrong way to think. If something doesn't make sense to me in the Bible, if I don't like something in the Bible, if it makes me uncomfortable, if it brushes up against my preconceived notions, even my conservative politics, then it's me that's wrong. I am wrong. Not the Bible, not God. How dare I talk back to God? Jen doesn't seem to think this way. Um, I can't find any other road through my faith than one that condemns the patriarchy. Misogyny, sexism, racism, homophobia... Yes, I believe that all of these things are condemned by the Bible homophobia, homophobia in the sense that, yeah, we're not supposed to demean or discriminate against gay people or treat them any worse than anyone else. I absolutely agree with that. But it depends on what you mean by homophobia. Ableism. True. Agree. Abuse. True. White supremacy. True. All of these things are wrong. But I would add to that list. Identity politics. Wrong. Social justice in the wrong forms. Wrong. Um, abortion wrong. Uh, Many waves of feminism, wrong. Discriminating against men because they are men, wrong. False accusations, wrong. why, Why aren't those on your list? Oh yeah, because this is a partisan conversation that we're having, not a gospel conversation. Okay, next thing. She says in all caps, nothing else makes sense. Again, I don't care what makes sense to you. This is who Jesus is and what he came to do. This is blasphemy. It's blasphemy. This is who Jesus is and what He came to do, align with your partisan politics that you didn't say again, this is who Jesus is and what He came to do. Didn't say one thing about salvation, not one thing about grace, not one thing about repentance, not one thing about um giving your heart and your life. Christ, not one thing about submitting to him, not one thing about finding satisfaction and joy in Christ alone in the way that he can change your heart and mind and change the course of your life and most importantly, your eternal destination. She's talking about the gospel and Jesus, but she doesn't care if people believe in the gospel or Jesus. She cares that people vote Democrat that, that's what's coming across. She does not talk about the gospel. She only talks about her political opinions and calls it the gospel. That is blasphemy. That is a false doctrine. So don't anyone come in and tell me that I'm taking this stuff out of context that, oh, she's not really a false teacher that we're talking about two different things. No, she is saying, this is the gospel. This is what Jesus came to do. You didn't talk about the cross girl. You're going to tell me what Jesus came to do. You're not going to talk about his death and resurrection and you call yourself a teacher and a pastor. Wow. That's sad. Um, He came to loose the chains of injustice and set the captives free. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Spiritually. Now that's not to say that we shouldn't uh, fight against injustice and slavery uh, uh, physically. We should. Uh, But when Jesus... Uh, set the captives free and loosed the chains. He's not talking about social justice and misogyny. That, that's not what he's talking about. Again, no mention of spiritual salvation here from the pastor, Jen Hatmaker. And she says, full stop, full stop. Meaning she doesn't want to hear what anyone has to say. Okay. So that is where you always find me. She says uh, during every administration, throughout every movement, blah, 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 church setting. Okay didn't hear this last administration, this kind of stuff. So that that's interesting. I'll be interested to see uh, the future. Um, little tip for Jen Hatmaker. It's fine that you believe this stuff. Thankfully, we live in a wonderful country where you are free to believe what you want to believe. I'm free to believe what I want to believe and we can have differences. Um, again, I don't wish any harm towards Jen Hatmaker. I, I think that she has a lot of wonderful qualities, which is what I think makes her very dangerous is that her lies sound a lot like truth. And uh, they appeal to itching ears. And she's a very, you know, entertaining, funny, witty, smart person. But um, (coughs) unfortunately, she's using her platform to spread uh, a very false message. So my tip for Gina Hatmaker would be to just not call yourself a pastor. You are a pick and choose, sometimes Christian, sometimes not uh, motivational speaker. That's fine but don't boast the name of Christ. And then not even know the gospel, girl. So that's my take on all of that. Uh, Love you guys so much. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I will see you next week. Have a great weekend.